It's March 15th, 2022, and this is your Ukraine Daily Brief from the DSR Network. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kottnor. Our top story today, the prime ministers of the Czech Republic, Poland, and Slovenia are flying to Kyiv today to show their support for the country and to present a package of support measures to Ukraine. The European Union and the United Nations were made aware of this trip. I think something that's important to note here is that this effectively shuts down Russia's attempts to take Kyiv today. It would be incredibly dangerous for them to fire on a city where three NATO heads of state are, because if one were even injured, it would trigger Article 5 of the NATO treaty engaging the whole alliance. Ukrainian presidential advisor Mikhailo Podolyak announced that the fourth round of peace talks were on a technical pause so that working groups could clarify definitions. CNN reports that a senior government official said in a background briefing that almost all of the Russian advances in Ukraine remain stalled. Stalled, unfortunately, does not mean an end to the bloodshed, as Russia continued to shell cities and hit civilian infrastructure. In particular, the siege of Kyiv was stepped up overnight. The New York Times reports that a senior Pentagon official said that the attack on the military base in Yavoriv over the weekend did not impact the flow of arms to Ukraine. There was some good news yesterday, however. Despite the failure of humanitarian aid making it to Mariupol, yesterday the first convoy of civilians was able to escape Mariupol. More than 160 private cars managed to escape, but hundreds of thousands remained trapped in the city. Convoy is ultimately headed towards Zaporizhia. The United Nations reports that 2.8 million refugees have fled Ukraine with the vast bulk in Poland. They also estimate that 1.85 million people have been internally displaced inside Ukraine. The EU has granted Ukrainians who flee the war a blanket right to stay and work throughout the 27 member nations for up to three years. During the seven-hour meeting between National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and China's top diplomat Yang Jiaxi, the U.S. made clear that we will not allow any country to compensate Russia for its losses. There were reports yesterday that China had signaled willingness to provide aid to Russia. However, China's foreign minister Wang Yi insisted that China is not a party to the war. Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett spoke with both Putin and Zelensky yesterday on back-to-back separate phone calls. During his call with Putin, it was reported he complained to Bennett about the barbaric acts of Ukrainian soldiers in the separatist-held Donetsk region in eastern Ukraine, where Russia claimed 20 civilians were killed. Those reports remain unconfirmed. There was less information about the call with Zelensky, but he later took to Twitter stating, We exchanged information on our joint steps and steps of our partners against the background of Russian aggression, agreed on further actions. We will continue to follow this story. Ex-German Chancellor Gerhard Schroeder has continued his unlikely mission to broker peace between Russia and Ukraine in recent days, meeting with top officials on both sides of the conflict from Moscow to Istanbul. The former German leader widely criticized across the West for his close relationship with Russian President Vladimir Putin, agreed last week at the behest of Ukrainian intermediaries to act as an unofficial mediator between the two sides in the stalled peace talks. Georgian President Salome Zurabishvili 
who has been vocal in expressing solidarity with Ukraine, said the Georgian government banned her from holding official visits in Paris, Brussels, Berlin, and Warsaw, so she held the meetings in a private capacity instead. Georgian government officials have expressed verbal support for Ukraine, but the government has refused to join Western sanctions against Russia. The Georgian government has faced harsh criticism from citizens and opposition groups for not showing sufficient solidarity with Ukraine. Germany will buy 35 U.S. F-35 fighter jets to replace its aging tornado, announcing its first big defense deal since Chancellor Olaf Scholz pledged a 100 billion euro upgrade to the military in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. After looking thoroughly into all available options, I decided to initiate the purchase of F-35 aircraft as replacement for the tornado in the role of nuclear-sharing Defense Minister Christine Lambrick said in a statement. Israel pledged on Monday that despite their mediation efforts, they would not allow Russia to use those efforts to bypass Russian sanctions. In a statement, Israel's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Yair Lapid, said that Israel will not be a route to bypass sanctions imposed on Russia by the United States and other Western countries. Lapid's comments come two days after the U.S. State Department's Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs, Victoria Newland, called on Israel to implement sanctions. Protesters have blocked a border crossing between Poland and Belarus for several days in an attempt to stop cargo trucks that some say are headed for Ukraine via Belarus with supplies for the Russian army. European Union sanctions against Russia and Belarus do not apply to road transit, food, and medications. The Polish-Ukrainian Chamber of Commerce has said the trucks are a sign that supplies continue to flow from the European Union to Russia and Belarus, and appealed to the Polish government to take action. European Union members agreed on a fourth round of sanctions against Russia yesterday. The details of the sanctions were not disclosed, but the French presidency of the EU said that Russia's most favored nation's trade status would be revoked. This would open the door to the bloc banning or imposing punitive tariffs on Russian goods and putting Russia on par with North Korea or Iran. You can read a good explainer about what it would mean to revoke Russia's most favored nation trade status at Reuters. Japan announced today that they are freezing the assets of an additional 17 Russians. This brings their total sanctions on Russian individuals to 61. It had previously put sanctions on Russia's central bank and other Russian and Belarusian organizations. The International Court of Justice on Monday said it would rule in the case that Ukraine had brought against Russia. In a hearing which was boycotted by Russia on March 7th, Ukraine asked the court to order Russia to cease military activities because it said the invasion was based on a faulty interpretation of the UN Genocide Treaty. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky will speak Wednesday to members of the House and Senate, Democratic leaders announced. They said all lawmakers are invited to the talk that will be delivered via video at the U.S. Capitol. It comes as Congress recently approved $13.6 billion in emergency military and humanitarian aid for Ukraine. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin will travel to Brussels, Belgium, to participate in the NATO Defense Ministerial Austin's trip to Brussels and Slovakia had already been announced, but he added a stop to Bulgaria for a day, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said. Austin leaves for Europe today. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show.
If you have a tip or topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at udb at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the Ukraine Daily Brief. So go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure that you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these topics, tune into Deep State Radio today as David Rothkopf speaks with Dmitry Alperovich, David Sanger, and Rosa Brooks. Stay safe and stay tuned to the Ukraine Daily Brief from the Deep State Radio Network.